0: Hello and welcome to the Hoop Troop Podcast. I am Matt O'Connor and joining me as they do on all of our shows is my cousin Luke Drobner. What's up guys? And my brother Mike O'Connor. I'm back. And since last week we recorded there has been a single basketball game but it did decide the fate of the 2021-2022 20, NBA season? Yeah. Right? 2022. Yes. Um, and the Golden State Warriors came out on top in six games over the Celtics. Um, that game was not particularly close. The Celtics, I mean, had that hot start, but that was about it. Then it was all Golden State the rest of the way. Um, Steph Curry, finals MVP. We'll talk about that. But, Luke, what were your takeaways from this final series as a whole? I know we talked about it a little last week, but obviously now that there's, like, a, a real conclusion to it, what do you think? Is it – was it just the Celtics ran out of gas? Were the Warriors truly that dominant? Is Steph Curry now – and we'll get into this, but I want to ask, is Steph Curry top ten in all time? Is he – like, is it truly hitting that point? I don't know. There's a bunch of things that we can get into here.
1: Yeah. Let's start slowly here and just kind of talk about the Celtics. <laughs> Work into the, the dumb argument. Yeah, the, the Celtics that yeah, – let's start slow and start with the Celtics not having enough gas in the tank to get all the way to the end of the playoffs. They played a really great series against Brooklyn. You see them sweep Brooklyn. Obviously, it's a tough matchup, even though – all the craziness around Brooklyn and their team, like being on the court and off the court, and Harden wanting out, and Kyrie not really being around. Also, uh, I guess we'll talk about it when you get to the Warriors. But the Wiggins Kyrie thing with the vaccination, because both oh, yeah. of them were unvaccinated before the season started. So hey, uh, but you know they so they the Celtics play a, a tough series against the Nets, goes four. Celtics do great. They come into the second round. And they play a tough Bucks team, goes seven play tough Heat team, go seven. Then they come to the finals. They're going to play arguably the best team they've played, the most prepared team they've played here at the finals after playing some really tough series. Warriors kind of got a little bit of a break, um, especially with playing the Mavericks, who I don't think were quite ready to be in the Western Conference finals. And kind of the same thing with the Celtics, who I don't think were quite ready to be in the finals. Obviously, they played great basketball here at the end of the season, but they just need a little more time and figure it out. Obviously, the playoffs are really hard with all the travel and whatnot so celtics it's a learning experience for the Celtics. They just didn't have enough, and I think both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum had a learning experience, and I hope to see them get better and compete for more titles.
0: You're handling this far more diplomatically than I am like you're you're looking Why? at the, like I think. A couple things. I think you you already kind of got there. I don't think either of these teams necessarily belonged in the finals. I think they both like they played yeah. in a team that was just a disaster. I mean, like yeah, they swept them, but I think a lot of teams in the Eastern Conference probably could have. Um, Bucks no Middleton. Bucks without Middleton. The Heat were like fairly injured, and and I mean I don't know. That's a t- that is a tough series. So the Celtics get it there, but if you look at the Warriors, they played a very injured Nuggets team. The mm-hmm. I mean they played the Grizzlies and they didn't have John Morant for the back half of that series and then they played yeah,
1: that series was already over. When it was over. John went out. Though. Yeah.
0: It was it, it, he got injured in game 3 and then they were down 2-1. It's not over. No way that's over. I guess. And their team of nobodies kicked the crap well I'm not saying team of nobodies their, their, the okay, I mean, that they're That was, was such a kicked the crap out of the Warriors in one game. I'm just saying like if that's part of it, and then you mentioned the Mavericks. Like I think that road was relatively easy to get there, and then. Hundred percent. But what team are you saying should have been there? No, I'm not. Is, I'm just saying I think that path was yeah among the easier in recent memory, and you could do this with any championship. So many, so many teams that go on to win get lucky with matchups and that sort of thing. It's it. I don't want to offer that as just exclusive to the Warriors, but I'm just saying like they did benefit from that to get there. Then 100%. the Celtics, to a certain degree, did not a tremendous amount, but then. What they did in the finals was honestly pathetic. Like they were awful. No adjustments were made. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were, I mean, they didn't know what to do. And they I got, think,
1: they made. I think there were adjustments made on the defensive end, and I also think the Celtics did a good job of like reverse scheming Draymond out of playing defense. So it's like we're just going to make it so hard for Draymond to be on the floor on offense that you can't play him on defense. Yeah, I think they did I a know. good job of that, and they made the adjustment with Marcus Smart fighting over screens against Steph Curry rather than playing him in that drop coverage. Cause uh, Curry torched them for 40, that one game and then they switched everything up. I think the biggest
2: takeaway from the Celtics is just you're young and your stars need to take another step. See Mike not in his head. Yeah, I completely agree. Cause I actually think this season as good as the playoffs were, and it was a good season. It was pretty anticlimactic in the sense that everything that was supposed to happen probably should have happened. Right. Uh, like the Warriors winning the championship makes complete sense. And also the Celtics were below 500 in January. They exceeded expectations like crazy. And when they got there, it started to feel like maybe it was their time, but it clearly wasn't like you said, Luke also, none of them can, none of them important people can dribble. I mean, yeah, they need, they need a ball. Jason Tatum. Can't dribble. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown. Oh, Oh. I mean, Randall is tough enough. Like we have to watch that every night. The dribble dribble into nothing, jump in the air, and then don't know what you're doing. It happened a million times in the finals, and that's hard to watch.
0: Well, that was the thing. I mean, they got got crushed on the turnover battle pretty much that whole series. The only games they won, the two games, they won the turnover battle. But then in the ones they lost, they
2: got crushed. But I'll give them credit. Like, I understand, like, the Nets are a dumpster fire. That being said, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, I'm going to say, and Marcus Smart, like, the trio with a decent team around if they them, can stick together met, they beat kevin durant they beat Giannis. They beat. like and i they beat Middleton jimmy Butler and around. a
1: good heat team and out they beat, of all the teams they 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 face, in
2: the east like they right, they, I, they proved they're something.
1: legit yeah, but not quite no they're good but
2: not great that's no. the but they're 24 and they're 24 and 25 the two of them Yeah.
0: And so i think there's A couple things too to tack on there. It is a first-year head coach. How many of those have actually made it to the finals? I'm assuming very few. Tyloo, right? Like exactly, but on those LeBron. Yeah, but with
1: like a stacked LeBron team.
0: Right, so very few. I feel like so that's a triumph. They are young. You're right. Um, And then additionally, getting back to my turnover thing, like it wasn't even like they were just. It was the stupid mistakes. How you said they jump in the air and they turn it over but it was live ball turnovers. So they didn't get to get... The whole thing about the Celtics and why they were so great was their defense. They weren't able to play a set defense. And that's why they get torched in those other games because when they're committing these turnovers, it's leading to the fast break points for the Warriors. And that's where Steph Curry's so lethal, Clay Thompson's and so lethal. And you get... and Poole. Now. Wiggins and Poole, both of them were thriving in that environment. When you put them in the half court, not great. But the second they had the ability to run, you're so focused on, oh God, we got to find Steph and Clay in transition that the others are now open. And yeah. so... There are things like that that I think they the Celtics need to I work thought, I think it starts with a facilitator and just like a general ball handler to be able to alleviate those turnovers but there's one there's not many of those on the market this summer and two like you do hope that Tatum and Brown take that jump cuz why else are you paying them so much money if they aren't capable of doing that then they can't be on the same team I, think I'm not, I
2: I think they are I think they are capable that's Yeah I mean but they have feeling. to prove it but then I I'm will not. Give,
1: I'm uh, not upset with Brown and Tatum. Sorry to cut you off there. So I, I I I
2: just think that they they're missing pieces. I don't know if you feel the same way, Mike. Yeah, they're they're missing pieces. But Tatum was awful, Luke. Tatum, Tatum's awful again. I, I'll give I'll give I'll give them both the benefit of the doubt. It's their first time. They're also going I don't, what probably besides LeBron the most experienced postseason players besides LeBron. And on top of that, I think this is also substantiates that point. The 43-point game four broke them. I think that was it. I think once that happened, they were completely against the ropes. Once you it changed the tide of the whole thing. It changed the body language of almost everyone on the Celtics. Their bench became horrible. Derek White is just Derek White was pretty tough. I couldn't I again he's
1: it's another one of those guys where like you bring him in, he's a point guard but like Marcus Smart isn't a point guard either, really, even though you're playing him at point guard, you need a facilitator because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, as they've proven now, are not somebody you want to put the ball at. Like you're not going to run could. pick and rolls with them all he's, game. He's 24, Jason Tatum. And, and at um, one point, he, it might be a positive to run that type of set with him, but not every single play. He's not a Luca. He's not a LeBron.
0: But that's the thing if you look at what he did in that Bucs series and that game six in Milwaukee, when he goes for 46 points, he yeah. really stepped up and was like, I'm the guy. Anytime the Bucks went on a run, he was like, screw it. I'm putting an end to this. And he had, he showed that drive. But then that totally but was crazy. it. Where was, was he
1: facilitating? Response? He was scoring. And like, I just, I think you need to like, every great scorer is going to need a facilitator. I think when he scored those 46 points, I think Marcus Smart had a really good day just throwing nice, easy passes to take him off screens and whether or not they got away from that. I think Pace was another huge factor. Like you said, they turn the ball over. The Warriors are going to speed it up on you. They played the Warriors. The Warriors played the Warriors basketball that they wanted to play. Completely disoriented the Celtics. Right? Like, I mean, that's how I when... felt
0: immediately at the start of the series. Even game one, I noticed that. The Celtics won that game. The Warriors were in control for like three and a half quarters of that game. And All the right. Celtics just went crazy in that fourth quarter.
2: Al Horford shot like 80% from the field. Right. But It is funny. Like everything that was supposed to happen happened. And I think the Except Warriors for the pound for pound were supposed were supposed to win this series, but I still think no matter what, this was not a gimme. I, I thought the Celtics, when it was tied two, two, it was it could have gone either way, even though either game way. four was deflating. I don't know. It was just I I, they I just ran out of gas. Just, game five, kind of, of, game six, it just looks I'm going full circle with what Luke said. I'm actually not I'm very diplomatic and calm about the whole outcome. It I'm very,
1: uh, I'm, if I'm the Celtics, I'm
0: ecstatic about this season.
2: Yeah, it was an overachievement. It definitely 100%. was.
0: 100%. But are they getting back there?
2: And I, I'm could. not, I'm not. not maybe not next like year,
0: there. but. Are they getting back next There
1: year? are years to come, two, three years. Next year? They're going to be a top four seed in the East for the next five years. They could potentially be in the Eastern Conference finals every year. Is that
0: definitely true?
2: I'm yes. It's definitely true, but it's, it's. The, true. You have the Bucks. How how much longer do the The heat have realistically? Two years? Six years.
0: The Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers, and the Nets are definitely all Okay. How much give
1: me give me the give me the time time timelines for the Sixers and the Heat? Because the Sixers, Harden's like, do I want to be here long term? Do I not want to be here long term? Even if Harden is there long term, what's what's it look like? They didn't look great this year, especially because Harden wants to play Harden ball and Embiid wants to play Embiid ball.
0: That's a rumor that's come out that he's apparently gonna uh, sign like a, a shorter term extension, not one of these long right. ones. So, I think that depends. I think the long term outlook is a little different. But my guess is he signs like a three year big deal or something like that, which honestly I think works for both parties involved. Like you, you aren't the Sixers aren't stuck if Harden really does decline, and then if Harden wants out, he can leave after three years. So I actually think that one makes right. sense. But like realistically, that is still the window where you're saying okay, the current Celtics team is going to be competing,
1: and then and then you mentioned that Heat. Jimmy Butler's, what, 32? Kyle Lowry's 35? With yeah, the exception no, of Bam and Hero, which I don't think a uh, tandem of Bam and Tyler Hero are not getting you into the Eastern Conference Finals.
0: They have other moves they can make, though. They still have so many assets. That's what assets? The They've, don't they – correct me if I'm wrong. They have all their future picks. I'm pretty sure they, they only gave up ones in last year's draft to get Lowry.
2: So, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I think Tyler Heron is the way, biggest like, piece they so, have. I think the East is going to be competitive. I also think a lot of the timelines are now or bust. You have Durant, Embiid. You never know with Embiid. So like that's a now with Harden, obviously.
1: I think the Celtics have time. I'm not rushing yeah, it with the Celtics. They have, they have
2: time, but I think you've proven like it could happen. It could but, happen right now. Yeah, but it could also happen in three years. It's a luxury. But if you got to do it right.
0: I think we're all dismissing the fact that Giannis without Chris Middleton took them to seven games. Like and that oh. that Bucks team
2: the, the Bucks are going nowhere oh, That's that's almost an unfair. Un, no, it's it's not even almost needed to be mentioned. Like they're no, so but I'm saying present. for future the Bucks are the best team in the East in my yes. opinion. what and if, the they, if they if they hadn't
1: messed up when trading a baka for and getting a baka for DiVincenzo, I think the Bucks win that series because Grayson Allen was so awful. Yeah, if you had someone like a DiVincenzo, I think it's the Bucks series.
0: I just think, again, getting towards the forward thinking for the next few years out of the Eastern Conference, I think it absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, runs through Milwaukee. I mean, if Giannis continue, even if he doesn't continue to improve and he just is, plays though. at his... Right, exactly. Realistically, he is. And if he just plays at this current rate, has a healthy Middleton, and then whatever. They're going to cycle players in there that support them. They already have the formula. They know it works. So, like, mm-hmm. I think there are way too many question marks with this Celtic team to get through that. So I don't know that I, I think this was their chance and they kind of. I,
1: I don't think so. I, I think I think, they're I think gonna Giannis feel- is going to have a LeBron type impact on the East where like every year you knew the East came through LeBron. Right. Whether he was in Miami or he was in Cleveland, LeBron was whoever team LeBron was on. It was the team to beat. I think Giannis is going to have that same type of impact where it's like, OK, if we want to go to the finals, we have to be better than Giannis and his team. And that's going to be incredibly difficult. If Middleton's, yeah, healthy, if Middleton's healthy, that's a, the Buck series
0: easy. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I guess it's too – it is – we're doing, like, a little too early to tell next season to see what it looks like with the Celtics, just because there are so many question marks to their roster. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I am I disagree with you guys. I don't think it's going to be so simple for them to start bec- making these kind of continuous runs to go win championships.
2: I think you need a run like they just had to be able to evaluate what you actually need.
0: Yeah, sure. I should bring,
2: so I think they, they should they, bring Rondo back. The Celtics. Just old
0: Rondo. I mean, they oh, could yeah. he's a
2: facilitator. That's all he
1: needs to be, right? He doesn't need to make the incredible Rondo passes he used to make. He just needs to move the ball for him.
2: We're, we're he plays a, defense. We're all kind of spinning the wheels, but I think it, it is suffice to say, like, the NBA is only getting more competitive, but I think the Celtics mm-hmm. should probably feel positive. Fine. I think the Celtics feel positive. All so, right. so let's
0: go on the other side of the aisle here and look at the Warriors.
1: For, that, okay. What? I want to mention first thing I want to mention is the Andrew Wiggins backs buy in. Because if Andrew Wiggins doesn't get vaccinated, then there's like, okay, we're paying you all this money. You know, Curry wants to compete. Thompson wants to compete, Draymond wants to compete. And you're not really buying in here. So the fact that he got vaccinated, I think, starts the season off on the right foot. And then they went on that huge run in the beginning of the season. They were the best team in the NBA. Everyone was like, they're going to win. They're going to win. Steph breaks the record. In New York, you guys were at the game. And we Mm were. And, uh You know, they just had a great season overall, and they kind of slipped a little bit um, later in the season. I think they they went through some injuries and just like reintegrating clay. And right. um, I kind of, you kind of expect that. But when they got to the playoffs, they're ready. They heated up. They pushed for it. They they made it work.
0: So. And I think Um, that Steve Curtis is a lot of credit for that because he's shown
1: just. 100%
0: obviously it's been centered around the three of Steph Clay and Draymond, and he's shown that we can really put anyone around them and we'll win with them. It's, you know, it was Harrison Barnes. It was Wiggins. It was Sean Livingston. It was Kevin Durant at one point, but then it was also Iguodala, Fessizili. Like you had Kevon Looney. You had all these guys. Right, you had most yeah, teams in there for a while. Like I'm just saying, they have they've cycled. They so had an unreal in. bench.
1: the The
2: 73 win Warriors team had an unreal bench, top yeah. to bottom. That team was so well constructed. And I know it's crazy, but and yeah, I give Kerr all the, the credit in the world. As I as I kind of digest the fact that the Warriors won again, it feels right. Even though I I've never in the LeBron versus the Warriors, I never was rooting for them. Um, it does feel right. Yeah, but I've also kind of. I, this is a thought I've been having, and I don't know if it's provocative at all. I think in the t- almost all time, but in, in the 21st century for sure, the only two <laughs> players who I think it didn't matter who was around them made the team better is it's a league of its own, Curry and Duncan, I think. Like, it, does LeBron have LeBron? This I don't – I think LeBron, like, ends teams Le- when he's on the – and I love LeBron. I'm a huge fan, but I think it's a different type of impact where – Kevin Durant showed up and they won every year besides the Toronto year. Like it's different than LeBron and Wade having to kind of figure it out, losing the first, you know? I don't know. It's just, I, see, I, I think that I'm just, I disagree. I'm because when LeBron joined the, the
1: Heat, they weren't the best team in the NBA.
2: They were like middle of the pack. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's more, I'm just talking about the way that anyone could go play with this person and that the team stays. Yeah. Uh, anybody could go play with LeBron.
0: I think Westbrook is just an anomaly. I think if they don't make that trade, you wouldn't be feeling this way. Is it honestly? I feel like think? I think I think, I think are, is... you're hitting the recency bias here, and that like because we're injured, they had Westbrook and they had no bench, they were awful. Like the the team was. I'm not taking
2: away sure. that LeBron's the best player ever, and in the modern, you have to think about how scalable Kevin
1: Durant is and how scalable Steph Curry is. Anybody I'm, who I'm can shoot and play West defense, on
2: this one. yeah, you gotta
0: you gotta back this up. I, but I, yeah, but I, I don't want to. I don't want this to say that to take away from Steph being great. Because one thing I wanted to bring up, which I think comes from him now winning another ring and a finals MVP, there are two questions being asked and you're seeing it, you know, across all the different pundits. But I'm curious to see what you think. One, is he the best point guard of all time? And two, is he a top 10 player of all time? And I think this is the conversation we had on We were texting about this, but I want to flesh it out. I think yes to both. I honestly think yes to both.
1: Is he the greatest point guard of all time?
0: For uh, Magic at this point. And the only thing you really have going for Magic is that, like, he's bigger and can play multiple positions and he won more. But, like, Steph's career is not over yet. And he's going to have a, so much scalability into his later I don't year. Know,
1: I don't know if I'm ready to say that Steph Curry is the best point guard of all time, but I'm happy to say that he's the best shooter of all time,
0: undoubtedly. What does he need to do to pass Magic, then, in your eyes? Because I... I honestly think, like, if we were, let's say, right now, I, don't I know, know the the NBA top seventy five lists are kind of stupid, but if we're drafting right now, just from scratch, pick up, we're picking every player who's ever played. I think Steph Curry comes off the board before Magic Johnson. Probably not.
1: Right. We're doing a pickup game. I we're doing or a. We're we're doing a pickup
2: game.
1: Look, I mean, I think I, I pick, players, I'd rather I pick Magic over for. Curry. And that's just because, like, if we're playing pickup, and it, it, this is just also, like, my personal preference, I just – I want players who are all, like, the same height. I want to do it like the Raptors did it, and I'm just going to play, like, five
2: guys my, who are, like, six foot nine. But am I crazy? Oh my God. But am I crazy? Uh, yeah, the pickup game thing is interesting. All right, fine. Let's say but, it's a
0: seven-game NBA final series, and we're both drafting teams. Let's look at it that way. I still think Steph Curry comes off before Magic Johnson. Here's
2: the thing, though. What was it? I mean, it was Showtime Lakers, but – was Showtime? Magic Johnson was in nine finals in – 12 years or nine finals in 10 years like
1: they're very comparable they anyone both played on great
2: teams in their area in their eras I, I i just i
1: can't help but there it's it's a very close argument i think magic still has them edged out
0: you're gonna have a spacing nightmare on your hands with Matt johnson forget it
1: no but he f- i don't think he, magic wasn't a bad shooter he just wasn't a good
0: shooter not definitely not by today's standards the point line because of Steph Curry has changed things. So I think, but if I think I put... right now
2: I think we'll, I think we revisit the point guard thing at the end of his career, because I think there's something that's when the, when the narrative is completely done, because I feel like as far as top 10 goes, that is more of a done deal already than deciding the point guard. So
0: you think they're,
2: they're both in the top 10. They're both Steph in the top 10. Hasn't Steph caught hasn't caught magic in terms of being the best point guard of all time.
1: Uh, yeah, they're uh, both top ten. They're hundred percent both top ten.
0: Who are you kicking? Uh, so I know I sent that NBA top seventy-five list. I think Oscar Robertson comes off the NBA seventy-five yeah. list, and you stick him in. I also do just. also I think this is a think conversation tops, for another day. But I think, I think you take Bill Russell and Wilt out of there, and you put in Shaq and Kevin Durant. But that's beside the point. We can get we can get on that I'm, another. Yeah, I think that is a conversation the for another top ten. I don't know if I put Kevin Durant top ten. I know that's why I'm saying like, let's, let's, let's stay. I want to stay on the warriors. Cause they did just win the okay, final. Okay. I don't want
2: to like totally break apart yet, but okay, we'll okay. get to that in the off season. We have a long off season. I still think I'm going to say another reason why I think he's top 10 all time. Just, I'm bringing it back. Maybe I'll add LeBron to the list, but I think as far as anyone being able to play with this person, that is Steph's probably my favorite quality about him. It's kind of like Tim. Dun- uh, it, it reminds me of like the way Tim Duncan, anyone could have been around Tim Duncan and he was just making the, it, it didn't matter. Boris DL. It was anyone. I I I looked. I looked this up because I knew I was going to get shat on for this. Okay. Tim Duncan won seventy one percent of his games. If you were on a team with Tim Duncan, you probably had forty eight to fifty five wins every season.
0: Yeah, they were incredible. It's like, what the hell? But how much? How much is? I think Tim
1: Duncan was great, and I think he made a lot of sacrifices for team success. But how much of that was just like the pop mindset? I think. But that's the I curve. think Tim Duncan was a great player individually and put him on any team. I think he still wins at least one NBA championship. But
0: yeah,
2: I mean I think
1: I part of it was the relationship he had with Greg Popovich.
2: You don't think the Kerr the Kerr Curry
1: relationship is not I think it's 100 think... percent similar, but Curry had to play with other coaches before Kerr.
0: Yeah, Mark Jackson. Mark no. Jackson. Got them there. Yeah. I
1: don't think, yeah. I mean, Mark Jackson invented Steph Curry. Steve Kerr pushed them to another level. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fair point. But at that same time, though, like you look at Tim Duncan comes in, he's playing with the Admiral. Like he has a good mentor to learn from. Like I always had a team around him. And then there you have a pretty smooth transition into the Ginobili Parker era. Yeah. And then from there, they just, again, same thing, had the same way I was just listing players that you've you've sprinkled in between Steph Clay and Draymond. They sprinkled players in between the three of them. I mean, most Danny of them, Green, were, Kawhi. Right, Kawhi at the end of it. But even before then, like, they had guys. Nick Kerr won a championship with Tim Duncan, or Steve Kerr. Yeah. Kerr. Um, but, yeah, so that's my point. Like, you literally go through, and, like, it's the same mold. But, yeah, so I get what you're saying. Like, these guys in the top ten are all transformative like that. That's why I think it's so hard and why people do argue whether or not people go in and out. And it is to a degree subjective. But I do. I think at this point, like, it's undeniable. He transformed the game with his shooting. You look at every player that comes into the NBA now, all people care about is can he shoot. It's literally all they care about. And it's because there's such a focus on it. And it's all because of him.
1: Like, it's length and skill. If you're if you're like Chet Holmgren, you can do a little bit of everything, and you're also like seven feet tall with a plus wingspan. It's so attractive.
0: But look at him! Like look at the difference between on paper, twenty years ago, who would you rather have coming into the draft? Jalen Duran, or what's his name? Um, yeah, Jalen Duran, right? That's his name, Duran?
1: Yeah, the, he's a yeah Memphis like a push shot center pick and roll type right. guy
0: or a Chet Holmgren. I don't think Chet Holmgren comes off the board before a traditional center 20 years ago.
1: Yeah, it's just the way the game's played.
0: Right, and it's all because of Steph Curry.
1: Yeah. Totally. 100%, but I mean and analytics,
0: I'm going to give the analytics a yeah. little nudge there about the the way There's no play.
1: LeBron James without Magic Johnson, there's no Kobe Bryant without Michael Jordan, there's no It
0: involves. That's fair. And I and I think that's part of the top 10 debate that I am omitting is the the legacy piece and what it means for the league and and whatever, which is why I'm so easy just to be like all right Sorry, Will. Sorry, Bill Russell. You're not better than players now. But, like, yeah, I do think that there is – that is part of it. Like, rules I speak, think there's a Will Chamberlain. Like, it, it makes sense. But I think we're also seeing just the league is changing because of Steph Curry. So, I think it makes sense that he's getting involved there. It. I mean, it, it clearly has. You look at no, the 27th I, I, I and the Rockets. Like, you don't have – they were shoot every – Every shot was a three. and They didn't care. They were just chucking threes because that was the only way to beat Steph Curry. He was Kirk. doing that with the Suns, though. Not not to the same level of three-point shooting. It was just a fast offense, but they still had, like, Mari Stoudemire inside. It was mm-hmm. not the same thing. It was pick...
1: It was a... It, with, with Harden... With Dan Antonio in Houston with Harden, it was ISO. Harden ISOed, and, and then it was a kick out to a three or a layup or a, and a step back.
2: Another reason, I th- like, just... Like, hopping off of what you were saying, um... It, it has to do with the Rockets, the switch on everything too. Like having the, uh, yeah. kind of what Luke just said with his pickup team, he only wants six, nine guys who, and six, eight guys who can all guard. Who do a little bit of everything. Yeah. yeah. So like the NBA has just changed drastically. And I do think it has a lot to do with like, you can't afford to, the Rockets couldn't afford to try to stay with Steph through all the screens. You have to just switch. You have to, you know. So I think it, it changed the architecture of defenses. It changed the strategy. You want to be, you want
1: to have a Swiss Army knife on defense, someone who can guard one through five, and then very
2: specialized
1: on offense, right? Like if you're Chet Holmgren, all I need you to do is like dunk.
2: which is, And yeah, guard well, one through five. But then it brings it full circle to, we're saying everything in the East runs through Milwaukee. You have that. Like, Milwaukee has that. With Giannis. So, it's kind of a am- Yeah, I don't know. It all relates. It's yeah. a cool narrative. But. So, so, we're starting to
0: kind of head towards the draft. And I know there's probably more we could talk about, at the fi- about the finals. But before we get to the draft, there is one last thing I want to note about the Warriors. And it is pertinent because I think a lot of things can stem from this. Kenny Atkinson committed to the Hornets and then back. Uh, and to stay as an assistant with the Warriors. Which means... As the lead assistant. One... He just crossed up Michael Jordan, which is, um, oh, my God. The scar the letter on his shirt right now is insane. My, yeah, I, mean, I don't think it matters. If, like, the, the Michael Jordan, and I took that personally meme. Like, he what's is going to be on a warpath right now.
1: What's but then, the, the future for the Spurs? How much longer does Curry have? How much longer does Steve Kerr have? Um, I
2: think – I mean, I think so, that's the question. I of, like that Luke even called them the Spurs. My weird, my weird dunk warriors today has my weird <laughs> my weird, like weird obsession with Duncan today is getting everybody uh it is up.
0: but <laughs> I do I think that's a good point. How long is Steve Kerr committing? Because that signals to me that Steve Kerr's like, look, if you wait, you can take the next generation, which is gonna be Kamingo Wiseman pool. Like you have that next you weight in that's ready. Um not ready it's also a good organization
1: moody everything right
0: right and so there is something to be said about like he's gonna like learn more from Kerr they're gonna have more success and then it's eventually gonna be his I think but at the same time like I don't think that Hornets job is a bad opportunity we talked about this on last week's episode Luke because when he took that job no
1: I don't I don't think it's a bad opportunity I think it was a good opportunity but you know here you have something with Golden State that's really really great and it's stable, and you're probably pretty content, even maybe happy with your current situation, why walk into a situation where you don't really know? And, you know, maybe there's not so much mobility, like maybe Kenny Atkinson doesn't end up being the next head coach, but uh, I feel like Warriors assistants continue to get hired to be head coaches other places. I think oh, Brown just got hired. Know.
0: Granted, he has a different right. path. Than
2: I think coach Lebron, but maybe the coaching carousel is different. But I think the consequence, if that if that is what it is, like maybe he's not getting the your point of saying maybe he's not getting the head coaching job or wasn't guaranteed it. I think it's a pretty right. bad thing to accept a job verbally and then reneg on it, and I think that's something that's going to make it hard to get considered. So if you're gonna I think by doing what he did and foregoing this job and probably foregoing future ones because of this, people being worried about this. He's got to like, have some
1: type of role with the Warriors in the future. And whether that's the lead be assistant guaranteed.
2: or he must I have also guarantee it.
1: Look at like the, the Lakers who hired like three head coaches when they hired Bogle. Yeah. Right? Like here I am. Now I'm in Charlotte. Is Charlotte just going to do the same thing to me? We're like, here I am as the head coach, but the lead assistant also has head coaching experience. Right. And like, I'm on a chopping block if they're not happy with me. Like there, there's a short fuse here on my, like, I need to push this team into the playoffs right here, right now. Otherwise I'm done. And they're just bringing
0: up the next guy. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a fair point. I think that could be a pretty serious deterrent, um, but I do wonder now what the Hornets plan is. They have to now go back to the drawing board, to the team, to the, excuse me, coaching candidates, who they were already like, we're not picking you, we're picking someone else, and now grovel and say, actually, we want you. Like, you're going back to D'Antoni, they're going back to Terry Stotts. Like, they're going to go back to I think it's
1: a pretty – it's a pretty repairable situation, though. You're like, look, this guy just screwed us. We didn't expect this. I feel like you kind of make up a little bit. I think, you know, obviously D'Antoni went really far in the process, and he was considered for the job. You might have missed out on D'Antoni, but – I think there are other guys who still want that position. And I think the biggest mistake was, I think they gave up too quickly on James Prego. They were nothing. What, two years ago, the weird He's Done more. I would have given him Definitely more time. It's the fire. same
0: Who's same the thing with, I don't know. Like, Offhand? like but that's like, not, is know. that Jordan's decision? I know he's definitely involved. There is no he's way the owner does not sign off on their head coach. There's no way any organization the he, the owner always involved. But sure that he's like, "Let all right, front office, you guys do it." But then, like, I'm shocked. I'm
2: shocked that Jordan is is wants. I'm going to call it the old wave, a D'Antoni or a Stotts or something. Versus, I mean, who's. You want to do like a player coach, someone who played a long time, maybe
1: wasn't so great, but what understands how to play the
2: game. Eric isn't Eric's, no, Sam Cassell. Sam, Cassell, oh, keeps Sam the, Cassell, Sam Cassell keeps getting murmured about all these different jobs. I feel like he's kind of Chauncey Billups esque, probably better mm-hmm. too. He, he's definitely got a ton of experience. I, I'm shocked that's not more in the, the conversation. That being said, I f- I'd like to see Dantoni just like Dantoni will ha- have, I have an exciting Hornets yeah. team. It would be cool. So.
1: I think if Chauncey Phillips had a better season in Portland, things would be different for Sam Cassell.
0: I don't but, think. I mean, have had a different season in Portland. I mean that that was doomed to fail. Dane gets hurt. Like they're just bad. Like there's nothing. Yeah. any You could put any head coach. You could put Red Auerbach there. You could put any pop, Steve Kerr. It any. would. It would be really
1: tough. Hundred percent. But let's say the Portland Trail make the playoffs and win a series. Now everyone's like, "Well, Willie Green had a good year." And you know, look at what Ty Lue's doing and look at what uh, Monty Williams is doing, right? And so you have all these player coaches. You need Doka, obviously, just took the Celtics to the finals. You, you, you kind of have to say, like, look at all these player coaches and how much success they're having. That's because they know how to approach players and talk to them. The Lakers just hired a guy who used to play, Darvin Ham. So, yeah. and Giannis was speaking highly of him. He's like, wow, he's just so easy to have a conversation with. He understands the game. He understands me as a player. He understands what I need to do and works with me. So. Yeah.
0: I do think they'll figure it out, but I do think that's a huge blow because so I think Atkinson would have been perfect to like mold
2: that young core they have in Charlotte. I really mm-hmm. and, and that's the only game that Michael Jordan's going to care about. Michael Jordan, oh so,
0: my god, he's going to be he's going to come on and get like He's
2: literally going to give Kenny
0: to the chair at center court.
1: Yeah, it's great. Also, like, uh, do you do you want to be branded like a Dwayne Casey as like a development guy where you get brought in for a couple years and then you get fired as soon as you're. The team's ready to compete. Does Kenny Atkinson want to be like that, or does he issues. want to be a... Uh, Nets?
0: He
2: probably has trust issues after getting absolutely outed by the Stars for no reason, really. For no reason. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. I want Kenny to be happy. That's what I'm I sure think.
0: he is. Because you don't go back like that unless you are.
2: Yeah. There's no way. I'm sure. Uh, he,
0: yeah, he tasted the champagne and had to go back. But <laughs> all right, so uh, that's out of the way. Want to want to transition and now we can get into some draft stuff i know we've been on for how long have we been when did we start we started like at around what three so okay so yeah a little before so we're like around 40 minutes 40 minutes um this can be like i'll do a part one part two so this will be the first part and then we'll get into the second part um but so let's do a little draft preview i mean there's
1: a lot to talk about just like uh off season wise, I feel like there's a lot of trades, a lot of rumors kind of things okay, shaking up. So what out. do you, you, what do you think about like that?
2: This, this strategy? Are we doing should we just talk stri- strate- strictly the draft and like what we think might happen related to the draft? Or are we talking I don't know? Let's I think what we should do is at
0: least just walk down. I think it would surprise me if any of the top three change. I don't think any of Orlando, OKC or the Rockets move. Is that fair? And I think it's yeah. going to be all three of those power forwards to go Javari Smith, Chet Holmgren and Paolo in whatever order. Like, I I think that's subject to change. I think it would, t- I think maybe package and try and move up to get their guy. But like, I don't, I can't see much changing here. Um, and I think it is pretty much set in stone that those three are going one, two, three. Is anyone else opposed?
1: No, I, I, I think you're right. And I think, uh Paulo is kind of a lock at three, whereas one and two are more question marks. Are the Magic going to try and go with Chet, or are they going to go with Jabari Smith? And then I think OKC okay, will just end up picking whichever one right. wasn't picked. With that being said, I'm not huge on Jabari Smith. I know a lot of people are. I think he could end up... I think he has like a Jason Tatum type ceiling. Obviously, we haven't seen how great Jason Tatum can be. It gives you a lot of hope, because they have a similar type game i think tatum in college was definitely more of a off the dribble creator whereas jabari yeah. smith is like a post-up face-up four type of guy he's more like carmelo anthony so we'll see
0: uh i i agree i like Paolo. I do also i think Palo to landing in houston is actually a very good spot um i think it's, it's good be him Jalen green figuring it out they're both gonna have the ball in their hands plenty um them trading christian wood pretty much opens the big like any big role to be mm-hmm. his. so he can go in now he can be the screener on most plays he can also be receiving the screen like they're gonna be able to throw so many combinations down there where you're not gonna have to worry about feeding christian wood who's kind of shown to be a little temperamental um and I know we haven't talked about the Mavericks trade, the Mavericks trading for Christian Wood. It's not like the Rockets got a tremendous amount back. They got picked 26 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. 23. I think the
1: Mavericks won that trade, and I think uh, – I don't know. I still I think the, Mavericks, I still think the Mavericks need more, but I think it's a good move by the Mavericks, and I think it's a step in the right direction, especially because they pretty much gave up nothing.
0: I think the Rockets could have gotten more for Christian Wood, so I don't want to say that it was a bad trade, but I think it was smart considering where they're heading in the draft. They knew that they had one year left with him and Christian Wood was gone. Yeah. A hundred percent. He was leaving. So you had to move them and you give a team a chance. Now Um, you couldn't wait in it, like through into the season to make that move. So I think it was the right time for them. They probably should have tried to get more and maybe they couldn't have, maybe that was the best deal on the table. Um, My guess is it wasn't, but who knows? I think they just pulled the trigger.
1: Yeah. But I think that was a lot of the Rockets trying to play some of their younger guys and him, not really being committed kind of like what kevin love did when the Cavs had that one down year where he was that like was,
0: eh. and i think though the one thing that now the, the rockets are being honest with themselves they're putting themselves in the same conversation as the thunder they're saying look we are young we're gonna lose a lot and we're just gonna develop our players and that's, i think they can
1: get a lot for eric gordon too i think he's valuable
0: i saw they were looking for a first round pick but i still don't i don't think that's the i, right. I
1: think they can. i think i don't think they'll get a first round pick this year but they might get like a uh, 2022 20, second and a 2024 20, first, and maybe a player do some you're salary telling, matching.
2: You're telling me the Bucks wouldn't want that and would give up some futures. You're not worried about later, right now? I don't know. The Lakers maybe, but they don't have the picks, right?
0: They have two picks.
2: They have They're two. Taylor Horn Tucker.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'd want that. But <laughs> they'd it's interesting. I
2: I agree with what you're saying about Paolo. I feel like that's a really good spot, and I also feel like years down the line we'll look back on this draft and probably maybe, maybe. there's a lot
1: there's some question marks at the top i think the general consensus is that paul is the most ready right now
0: i think that has
1: the lowest ceiling out of the three of those players that's
0: also why i think it's perfect that he's ending up in houston is because they need someone who is more nba ready like i think it would be a terrible i still spot think he's try and like get chet into nba ready shape and get stronger like you sure. need a guy who's a little more ready to contribute right away. So I actually think it, it worked out nicely there.
1: I, I think Chet has the biggest boomer bust. I think Chet could easily be the best player in this draft, but also could easily be the worst out of these top five picks.
0: Oh yeah. He could be Anthony Bennett. I mean, that's, that but I mean, he could be terrible. He could get I, body I, I, around, I, I, hurt a lot. Cause he's so thin and done. It could be like a, I don't know. He could be what Poku is. And everyone thinks like thought, Oh, maybe Poku could like jump, but,
1: like it's a good chance, but uh, I think Poku was definitely a little bit more of a question mark, which is why he went later in the draft. And I think Chet is a little more NBA ready, just coming up through the system. Whereas like Poku was a discover. and, you know, I, I think Chet's been
2: preparing for this his whole life. Um, I do think with the drafting of Chet, if, it do, if he does go to Oklahoma, I think we start seeing the winds of change there. And I think we actually start seeing the winds of change. So now, <laughs> so now I think they would start winning. I think it'll start to, the, Oklahoma, the Oklahoma's plan starts to kind of if, develop if a little bit.
0: Orlando, though, are you willing to take that risk on Chet? Uh, I feel like the Thunder are. They have picks until the end of time. If they miss this one, we'll make the next one. I
2: think they feel like Orlando has, we have Suggs, we have, um, cool, they have a lot of guards, they have a ton they need of a big. Yeah, I have a feeling they're rolling the bones with Suggs and saying if we got Jabari Smith with what we think Suggs could be.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, that's how I look at it. I think they are looking for a more more likely a higher floor type player. Also, than Chet necessarily is uh,
1: important to mention that Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren played for the same high school. So they know each other well.
0: That is um, a very good point.
1: If you look at the, the roster, the magic have, I'm, Jonathan Isaac at this point's done. He's torn his ACL like three times. Um, then they have like Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, R.J. Hampton, who are all young under 20. And Markel Fultz is kind of on the layout, but RJ cool. they paid him a whole bunch. Wow. R.J. Hampton's 21. Cole Anthony's 22. They have Jalen Suggs, who's 21. Both Wagners. Um, both Wagners who are both young. Franz Francis is 20. Moe is 25. Uh, they had Wend- They have Wendell Carter Jr., who's 23. They have Mo Bamba, who's 24. I think the rumors were that Mo Bamba may be on the move to try and make room for whoever the matter drafts. So, they also
0: have Bol Bol, right? Am I wrong here? They traded for him in the middle of the year?
1: Yeah, but the fact that he wasn't able to find rhythm in Denver
0: Yeah, it's scares me.
1: Makes me think that... And the, the fact that he fell so far back in the draft, he was a second-round pick, also oh, kind yet. of makes me think, like...
0: But what so is- I.
1: I, I I think he'll be around in the league for a long time because his potential will never be fully realized. But I, I don't also, think he's going to play valuable minutes for anybody anytime soon.
0: I do think the other thing, when you look at that Orlando roster, is they've already kind of taken their shots at young players who can kind of start making that step where now mm-hmm. they need to start winning just a few more games. They're like kind of not in that 15 to 25 win range. They're hoping to get closer to 30. And so, right, so you
1: take a, do you take a shot on Chet or you draft something a little more sure with... Jabari Smith.
0: Right. And so that's why I think they're probably going to go Jabari Smith. I think it makes more sense for where they're at. They can't necessarily say, kind of like the Rockets and the Thunder are saying, like, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. We'll lose every game. It's not the end of the world. I think for them, they're really starting to say, like, all right, look, we're building this core. We want them to start winning now and start making a little more progress. Um, whether that does happen or not, I don't know, but I think they need that more NBA-ready player now. Um, I, also
1: think, I also think they're missing a lot between guard and center where chet i think would end up playing more of his minutes at center whereas jabari smith is definitely more of a forward sure so yeah i think
0: that's a good point and i mean it also remains to be seen what they'll do in the offseason and just how they'll kind of pair people if they move like a cross. Yeah. i don't know
1: i'd love to see them move mo bamba for something i don't think mo bamba is very valuable but literally anything at this point would be better a late first a couple of seconds a veteran player you know anything really so
0: i agree yeah, I mean, I think it absolutely makes sense. Um, but all right, so now that we've gone through the first three picks, four, <laughs> what the hell is happening at four? The the Kings we, are a nightmare. Like I don't,
1: I can't help but feel they have to trade that pick.
0: Well, did Jaden, you, Ivey today, he, Jaden Ivey
1: said Jaden hasn't worked out or been in contact with the Kings. The Kings, but yet he worked like, he's out the with consensus.
0: He worked out with both the Pistons and Pacers, though, who are right behind them.
1: Five and six. Right. But he's the consensus fourth best player in this draft. Oh, without a doubt. From what? Ren- I think there's
0: definitely a the, the
1: fourth highest potential in the draft. I think Keegan Murray is probably more NBA ready than Ivy. And that's because I watched both of them play a lot of Big Ten basketball. I think Keegan Murray is a shooter and a little more patient. With the way he scores and passes and rebounds and whatnot, whereas Jaden Ivy just he's runs. Miss- yeah. He is. He's like, he's like Westbrook. I really, the, the best comparison is a Westbrook. I think. Uh, How tall is he? Westbrook's obviously a little 6'4, six 6'3. Six six six
0: oh, I thought Ivy was. Tall. Ivy's 6'4. Oh.
1: He's like 6'3, six, 6'4. Six, he has similar measurables to Westbrook. I think Westbrook's a little stronger. I think Westbrook's a little more. Bold, mm-hmm. but in the same type of way where both players kind of rely on their athleticism to have everything be done for them. Because I mean, there are times when Jaden Ivey's electric. Like he'll go up for a shot, I'm like, "There's no way!" And he does like some like twisting, spin it off the glass. Like, acrobat. I was like, "Well, he is. He really, really is. He has an incredible finishing ability. I think John Moran's a good comparison, but John Moran is a far better passer than Jaden Ivey is. I mean, Decision maker, passer, and I think. IV relies on inside-outside scoring. It's either a three or it's a layup. There's no long twos. There's no pick-and-roll pull-ups. There's no floaters. There's no. It's either straight to the rim or a three-point shot, and that's very that Westbrook. Something
0: that developed though, because he that that shot profile are the two more important shots, and then you develop those other areas of your game to become yeah, a scorer. It's harder to either back it up or move it in at the rim. But
1: you'd like to see some type of potential there, right? When the I th- watch Jaden th- Ivy play. It's like when he when he pulls up from ten feet off the bounce, it, I'm like no. Like as soon as he does it, as soon as I see him like slow down to pull up, I'm like no, it's not going in. I so know uh, there's
2: no development there. There's no. So what you're really, saying? So what you're saying is whoever, whatever team drafts him, like get ready for a year of like maybe some frustration. It's a project. Like a little bit of frustration. There's going to be yeah, the ceiling. first
1: contract's going to be bad. Such a high ceiling. Such a high ceiling. He's so athletic. Right. He's very confident. Right. He was never afraid to. He never shied away from the moment. When we needed a big shot, it was his ball, and he, he wanted the ball. It wasn't like Coach was like, we need you to do it. He was like, I want to do this. So,
0: But everything you're describing is not what the Kings need. So the Kings have no business <laughs> taking him at four.
1: And I don't think he the does. Christians have any business taking him either.
0: I don't know. I think he could work next to Cade Cunningham. I don't love it. Um, no, but Cade's the man. One I think Jaden Ivey needs to be the man. But I think they're kind of in that magic territory of like, we have enough younger people. Now we're trying to start winning a few more games, get ourselves to be Mm -hmm. a little more competitive, where if you put Cade and him together, you'd figure maybe we can start scrapping and getting them. Like you have, Mm -hmm. um, what's his face from Villanova? Um, Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bay, who's shown he's a very solid player. Like they have enough positive young players now where I think it would make a little more sense. I agree it's not the perfect fit, um, mm-hmm. I like him on the Pacers. I think him and Halberton, because especially if the Pacers do sell brogdon and Miles Turner, like you are committing to having a project year, you're not gonna be great next season. So I think it would make sense. He's from around there, he grew up a fan. He even mentioned that it would be cool to play for them. So, like, I think that's definitely a likely destination. I do think the kings are stupid enough to take him, even though he said he's like not tremendously interested. Mm-hmm. So like well, I, I have, have not worked
2: out or contacted him two days before. I've heard so. the
0: wizards have contacted the Kings. I don't love that fit, especially if they have Bradley Beal. I do, Then I've heard the Knicks have looked to trade up. Um, and then I think that might be it. I think, yeah, I think as far as teams in that like lower, like latest lottery, I think it's really among the Pistons, the Pacers. I don't think it's the Blazers. I don't think it's the Pelicans. But then you my get roommate.
1: People. My roommate just sent me a Legion Hoops tweet. Kings who had the number four pick are reportedly very high on Keegan
0: Murray. Yeah, see, that's interesting. So they might be comfortable saying, Hey, Pistons, what do you got to move up? And if I'm the, if I'm the
1: Pistons picking at five, I want Keegan Murray. And that's because I don't like Shaden Sharp. Everyone's like, oh, he's gonna be so good. He's so unknown. But I don't have the patience for that. I'm very comfortable taking Keegan Murray and kind of adding him to my court, right? Cade. Yeah. Sadiq Bay, Keegan Murray, and then you know I can find that uh, combo guard next to Cade in the future. Maybe I get lucky like the Mavericks did with Jalen Brunson and pick somebody you know in the second round. Or mm-hmm. I'm not exactly sure what the Pistons have in the future pick wise, but um, I you do know they have Murray. history there too. So in the, that same range so
0: of four to six, and realistically seven, because I think the Pacers or the uh, Blazers could use a player like this. I think Keegan Murray is perfect in that four to seven range. Any of those teams could use a guy like him that's 6'8", like, can shoot, but, like, also, like, a fairly strong defender, but very offensive-minded. Um, like, I think that's a very strong fit for a lot of teams. I guess he plays power forward. I could see him – you could play him at the three if you wanted because he's not, like, the strongest yet. Um, but I think that's, like – they all have guards, and they have I'm gonna infrastructures be... built to kind of yeah. put him in. He'll be in the starting lineup does not have to be your focal point year one – But I think it's a good Mm -hmm. spot. He's a good complement to what they currently have. So that's why I I do think it makes sense for a lot of those teams to be weighing. Is it Keegan Murray? Is it Ivy? I don't know. And so especially Sacramento, they have no business taking Ivy. I think Keegan Murray is a far better fit on
2: that roster. I'm going to be very bored if that's what the Kings decide to do with the fourth pick. No, but but I
0: think that makes five a lot. We got to trade it. Because then everyone's hungry at five to get Ivy. If Ivy falls to five. But
2: don't the Pistons just take Ivy at that point? I think at that point you just do it.
0: Or At that point
2: you do it and try or work out a trade.
0: Yeah, I think a good offer is going to come through. If he falls out of the fourth spot and then there isn't like the, oh, well, there's no consolation prize. We'll get Keegan Murray. Like the offer will go up. If it's like, oh God, we have to go now to get him.
2: So the Pistons yeah, it, then, are in the driver's seat of that yes, ask,
0: but that's that's a big
2: if, and also this could be misinformation of them putting out, oh, we're interested in Keegan Murray just to be like, okay. Also, aren't the Pistons? I mean, this is again not draft related, but the Pistons, uh, an arrow in their quiver, is they are going to trade Jeremy Grant, right? So like they, they yeah. the Pistons have a lot that we we haven't seen the final. They could yet. very easily move up, but again, that's not draft related. I mean, it, I it is no, That's, draft that's a deal. Faster, that's
0: very much a deal that could get done on draft. But maybe
2: you don't have to move. Oh, to get Keegan Murray.
0: If you want to move, if they want to move up, that is absolutely something in their arsenal. And the Kings want to win now. So that's the player you'd be saying here. We'll give you five and we'll give you Jeremy Grant if you give us four and something. We'll take a whatever.
1: Four and two.
0: I don't know. Harrison Barnes, maybe like a second rounder or something like that. I'm not saying that's equivalent. I would have to do more. I have to look into what they're But something um, along those lines where you get an expiring deal back to give up Jeremy Grant, that mm-hmm. as a more win now player, and then maybe a future draft asset to to drop one. I don't know.
1: Fair enough. Uh, I, I I think I think the Kings have to trade the pick. Pistons yes. want to get lucky and find their guy at five. If not, I think and the and the Kings really mess up with that pick, if, or whoever's picking up four messes up. I think the, the Pistons could be in a really great situation at five. Six, you're kind of hoping Ivy falls in the draft a little bit. I, I really okay. think the Pacers would do really well with Ivy, especially because Halberton is, uh, I think, a really great complement to Ivy. I think he's a good decision-maker, and at times you can be like, hey, we need you to be a playmaker and a decision-maker. But at the same time, it's like, now Jaden Ivy has the ball and you're a shooter in the corner. I think it makes a lot of sense, Yeah. especially if they're going to be selling everybody. If Brogdon's out, if Turner's out, just let him run. So.
0: And now I don't I don't want to skip over the Blazers at six, because obviously there's there's rumblings that they're trying to move Brogdon and Miles Turner and, and really kind of go younger. Um, the Pacers. The Pacers. So I don't want to skip over six, but I think realistically, once you get outside of Ivy and Keegan Murray, let's say, for example, the mm-hmm. five we talked about at the top five. There yeah. is so there's so many rumors about like, I don't know, the Blazers at seven wanted to trade down for a Woodnow player. But is trading to seven smart for any team behind them? Because can you confidently tell me Shaden Sharp, Dyson Daniels, Benedict So no, only... Soshan, um, Johnny Davis, um, either Mark Williams or Duren, like can you confidently the... tell me any of those guys between six and 12 are going to be better than the other? I think it is such no. a toss-up with all of those guys that it's not worth – if you're going to make – if any of these teams in the lower to late lottery are going to trade up, it's not to seven. You have to go earlier. So that's why if I'm the,
1: if I'm the Pacers, i trade up to four to get my guy. Yep. And, and it makes a lot of oh. sense because the Kings want win now players like a Malcolm Brogdon, I understand they just did business trading Sabonis and Halberton, but I think that's the most sense. They just and then uh, <laughs> yeah. Just yeah the Pacers, and just put somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, but with Darren, Fox, I, so I guess that's the difference. I think, at seven, like the only people I really think would like that seventh pick would be OKC. It's like, okay, we don't like anybody here in the top three. We'll trade down from two to seven, and we'll just pick someone who kind of fits our system. Now we're drafting a little bit more for fit, rather than
0: aren't,
2: aren't they in love with robust?
0: I, I mean, know. I could also see OKC trying to package and move up. Because I mean they have pick 34, which like, yeah, it's in the second round, but it's essentially a first rounder, it's so early. Yeah. They have um what's what is it, 12, 13? No, they have 12. Um, like I could see them trying yeah. to package those to move up into that range of like seven to ten and, and getting a guy there, so then you get two top ten mm-hmm. guys. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that's possible. But realistically, if you look at these other teams, if you look at the Spurs, if you look at the Wizards, if you look at the the Knicks, if you look at the Hornets at 13, like why? Seven, eight,
1: nine, ten. I think you're going to get a similar prospect no matter what.
0: Right, and that's why I can't. I I don't know why the Blazers think they have as much leverage as they do in a trade here because I think a lot of those guys are very, very replaceable with each other because I think they all have their own strengths. Like per, for me personally, I like Dyson Daniels mm-hmm. the most. Um, but you could I think easily, maybe the easily convince me that A J Griffin is going to be the best out of them or Shaden Sharp think... is the best out of them or I think the Blazers could
1: definitely try and make a deal with the Pistons for Jeremy Grant. And the Pistons can draft five and seven, but you're not going to get any picks back. I don't think it's
2: going to be a, almost a one for one swap. But and then I'll just bring up I think the only reason and it's not it's definitely not going to happen, but if the someone like the Knicks who are eyeing Jaden Ivy apparently and want to get to four did like a staggered mm-hmm. a couple layers of trades like get to the seven and then package package a few things. I think someone seven they were going to do Nerlens Noel and Alec Burks for the seven. But then would it be the seven and like Randall and something else to get to four? Uh, But again, I think that is not happening.
0: I mean, I think three team trades are very much in
2: play here. Cause I think a lot of times two for salary reasons, you have to do that. So (laughs) I wouldn't rule it out. Like it's not necessarily about the seven pick. It's more about like what, and I've, seen, moving in a three team I've
0: seen those frameworks leaked where you have teams kind of in that like 10 to 15 range. Then you look at the Blazers who have said they're looking to trade it and the Kings who are looking to trade it and they've worked out three team frameworks. It's just hard to justify like, all right, Blazers, you're moving you, back to 11 Kings are moving back to seven. And then whoever up is where the Knicks in that case are moving up to four. It's hard to make that work to make everyone feel like they're getting what they want.
1: Yeah. I, you sent the Knicks moving up to two. Earlier today, there was
0: some rumor. Which I don't about think makes that. sense. I don't think it makes sense for anyone involved. I don't see why the Thunder would do it. I don't see why the Knicks would do it. Yeah, I don't see. So I don't. I didn't like love that rumor, but it was you know you see people with the blue check mark putting it out there, and you kind of. I like to send it to you guys just to spur a conversation. You, sent, that you sent
1: Hawks trying to move up to four by trading John Collins. I, I think that could be interesting. But
0: Are you you really sure John Collins, You like for the same reason that I've seen the arguments that, oh, they probably won't want Julius Randle because they just got Sabonis. Like, would you really want want John Collins on that team? Like, I would rather have Julius Randle than John Collins.
1: If I'm the Hawks, though, I'd rather trade John Collins to Portland. And like, I I don't know. I I don't I don't think the Hawks are going to get much more value out of the fourth pick than they would the seventh pick.
2: They're picking at 16 right I think now. That's
0: very true because you already have your primary ball handler. And so it's not. You have
2: Trey Young. Jaden, yeah, I, not that guy. Wouldn't Keegan Murray be pretty good on the Hawks, too?
1: He'd be I think fan. Keegan Murray would that's be it. good on the Hawks. Uh, right. And so, like, you know, I'm, I move up a couple spots and hopefully Keegan Murray is my guy. Otherwise, I pick uh, Mathurin or AJ Griffin or someone like that. Yeah. But
0: um, no, I think those are solid, solid comparisons, like for, for what would fit there. But like, I. I also, like, I, I think the the Wizards are another one that you see as, like, rumored to move up and want something, which, again, makes sense, especially mm-hmm. depending on all these weird things about Bradley Beal being like, I know what I want my future to be, but I'm not telling anyone. Like, whatever that dumb crap is, like, it's so uncertain for what they need to do, which is why I almost She's say, doing like, you throw everything no. in, your heart, you're moving up, and we're just going to get some more good young players.
1: I think Bradley Beal and Damian Lillard are in very similar situations where I don't think either of those guys at this point in their career are going to be a number one option on a championship team. But the both of them teams. are going to continue to, like these organizations, the, the Wizards have never wronged Bradley Beal. The Portland Blazers have never wronged Damian Lillard. They just haven't been able to put, put together a winning team.
0: I mean, the Blazers so, the Western Conference Finals. And those one those Beal and John Wall teams were solid, and then John Wall they were. Burton, but that was the;
1: those were John Wall teams, not Bradley Beal teams. And so, I, I think the Wizards a little bit have failed Bradley Beal, but not wronged him. And same thing with the Blazers; they failed Damian Lillard, but not wronged him. So I don't think either one of those guys are ever going to say like trade me. But I don't think either one of them are happy or overjoyed with their situation in their current team on their current team. So I don't know. I I, I think Bradley Beal is someone you stop giving extensions to or you trade him. And I, I just like as an organization, I feel like that would be more classy. But also like if I trade Bradley Beal, I want a little bit of a haul. I see what teams get for Harden. I see what teams get for uh, Anthony Davis, right? Like I want some, I want some reassurances that I'll have something to build.
2: And also Bradley Beal doesn't come with like, I, even with Anthony Davis, like forcing your way out, like the attitude, mm-hmm. like, it's really not there at all. Like, I also
0: it's, think it's going to be in between the two of like i think it's going to be in between what you get for the, like the hard anthony davis like that giant haul and then something like oh, holiday, yeah. where it was first th- three first round picks or whatever i think it's gonna be something in between there because i obviously beal i would say is better than drew holiday but is definitely not in the debatable too yeah it's debatable but i'd say at least the perception around the league is beal is better than drew holiday so i would imagine it would end up being more than that but it's not going to be like the four first round picks and four pick swaps or whatever like it's yeah. not you're not going to get that yeah no way you're getting that for Beal. Nor would I ever trade all of that for him. No,
1: I don't. I don't think Beal's a transcendent player by any means, which is why you're not going to get the James Harden or the Anthony Davis package. But you can definitely get a lot for him, and it's just finding the right time. And I don't know. I feel like I uh, the Wizards kind of gave up a little bit uh, acquiring Porzingis. I think everyone yeah. kind of sees Porzingis as like a negative, especially after his time on the Mavericks. So. Except
0: they did do themselves a service by getting rid of longer contract, like multiple longer contracts in Dinwiddie and Bertans, which Bertons. neither of them were playing well on the wizards. So mm-hmm. like, obviously we saw the, the Dinwiddie surgeons kind of next to Luca, which fine, but that wasn't happening in Washington. So you can't really account for that. Um, and so I think you consolidated assets and you committed to having a losing season last year without Bradley Beal. So you bring in Porzingis. Like I actually didn't hate that move and I do hate Porzingis. So like, <sighs> whatever. Um, yeah, I
1: think they're I think they're moving towards a rebuild, which could quite possibly indicate the fact that Bradley Beal will be on the move at some point in the near future.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think so too. And I think him not disclosing that he's willing to stay, I think signals that. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: I just, I think that it adds the uncertainty of draft night because I think a lot can change based on a lot of the, you know, you, you always hear, oh, all these things are, you know, held tightly to the vest. All these teams are not really like signaling what they want to do. So I think a lot can change in the next three days.
1: I think there's a lot of potential, like, you know, in this year's draft, as an example, the Kings here, they want to win now. They have the fourth pick. Let's say the Wizards really fall in love with whoever the fourth best prospect is. Why not trade Bradley Beal for the fourth prospect, right? Yeah. But they have to have that type of situation where they really want to move up. They, they need to have the perfect situation to move Bradley Beal. Otherwise, there's no reason to move on from him. He's right. not going to say he wants out. He's not going to force his way out.
2: And, uh, you know, like we're bad with him anyway. You have the 10th pick. So, my prediction the Wizards won't even matter in this draft on Thursday. There's like, there are like five or six teams that matter. And I don't you know. They're going to draft whoever they get at that spot. It is. It's and in that interchange the- of six to 12. It just is what it is. And, yeah. and the order might be interesting to watch like that'll just be funny to see who picks who the draft but... does
0: start at four though so i think that's where it'll get more fun we might see like a little like oh check went first over jabari but i think that's like the only like little random thing but i think at four is where the chaos can start to break mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it always happens on draft night there's always at least like two or three trades yeah but
1: i think i think there'll be a couple of trades high in the lottery and then obviously as the Day then goes you get on, all and like this. see a lot of movement late in the first
0: as always yeah here's two seconds for yeah exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and that's too hard to speculate on so i don't we shouldn't dive into that but
1: i think something interesting here is the nuggets have two picks they have the sun's pick and they have their own pick didn't they also yep. acquire another pick
0: they did or was they that got, the sun's um, pick is that the one they got in that uh trading away what uh, who was it so they traded and got 21. Um, but okay, yeah. So they have 21 and 30.
1: Right. They have the Suns pick and they have what I assume is their own pick.
0: Yeah. Or yes, it is.
1: Right. So 21's their own pick and 30 is the Suns. I think that's really interesting because last year they drafted Bones Highland, who played really great minutes for them throughout the whole year. And so, uh, you know, a team that's going to come back off an injury season, they have the MVP. Right. Could be really I, interesting. I, I think, I they're, think they're, they're gonna find a lot of value.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I think there will be. I mean, we've seen smart teams have been able to pluck talent in the twenties pretty consistently. And we've seen mm-hmm. it with the Nuggets specifically. They have a great front office. So
1: actually, I really like the picks that Tank Don has on taking. Marjon Beauchamp out of the G League, yeah. who I think is like a scoring wing cutter shooter. Right. He's big, he's six seven, so could potentially be good on defense. And they also have Patrick Baldwin. At 30, Tankathon hasn't taken him at 30, who was a, I think he was a top-ten prospect, but because he opted to play in Milwaukee and then with his, where his dad was the coach and then had a bad season, hasn't been ranked as highly as his potential might lead on. So you might have another like Michael Porter Jr. type situation where they kind of get a steal on a guy who could be better than where he was drafted.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that does typically happen in the 20 to 30 range where you see guys slipping for whether it's injury concerns, whatever it might be. Um, Mm -hmm. and then they can be steals and so they have two shots at that now in between 20 and 30 so you Mm -hmm. know I I think they're definitely in a good spot and then they're on cheap deals for a potential title run I actually think it makes a ton of sense for them so it does make a ton of sense I am pumped for Thursday though Luke
1: Uh, I think the Hornets also have good position too Tankathon hasn't taken Mark Williams at 13 which I think is a great pick because they need a center really bad and then they also have 15, which I think could turn into something. I think there are, there are valuable players in the, you know, 14 to 20 range. So whoever they pick with that pick could potentially end up being oh, positive definitely. for them.
0: Definitely. And I mean, I think that's one where you almost take best available or like fit almost alongside Lamello, Bridges, whoever you pick in the pick before that. And you just kind of mm-hmm. plug that hole a little bit. Um with a nice young guy with, like, complimentary – like, definitely a good shooter, that sort of thing. Um, I, I think – which is why, again, not to get back to it, I was a little surprised Atkinson went back on his on his word because I think it would have been a pretty good destination for him to be in. But I don't know, Luke. I guess we'll, we'll see Thursday. I am um, – well, I keep forgetting about the drafts on Thursday. I know. It's, it's Thursday. we got a couple days. But, Luke, I am um, reluctantly needing to let you know that it is now dinner time. I okay. uh, I got to hop off here. I know we've been on for a while anyway, so we got a good long app. Um, Who cooks
1: dinner? Your mom?
0: Yes, so we are home. Um, We're taking home. Care t- Papa tending o. to dad. Yep, so it is. Mom, Mom, home-cooked meal. Got to get upstairs while it's hot.
1: Delicious. Yeah. I'm sorry to continue to hold you. I mean, you are uh, not
0: holding me, Luke. I'm going to be texting you all night. <laughs> Anything that pops up on that Twitter, threat? that it might be. <laughs> <laughs> So many
1: Twitter notifications. My Twitter's been blown up today. I
0: know, that's my bad. (laughs) No, 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 I love you. I had the day off.
1: It gives me an excuse to, like, look away from work.
0: I hear you. Um, But, Luke, good luck in your game later. Yeah. Um, Thank you. And to those who have made it this far, uh, this is the Hoop Troop Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And join us next time for a little post-draft session. (laughs) Whatever.